hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Off you go. Hello and welcome back to A Hamster with a Blunt Penknife. I'm Dave and I'm with Joe. Say hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. <laughs> and we're watching The Creature from the Pit. Episode four. Yeah. Which so uh, it's got can I, can, I, uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I want to know if you've been paying attention to date. What's occurring so far in Creature from the Pit? Um, <laughs> so there's a very phallic-looking monster that wanted to come to this planet Chorus and wanted to do a trade agreement, but instead they said, no, I'm, I'm, a gladiadrasta says, you know what, I'm not having this because I'm the ruler here and you're not taking anything away from me. Chucked him into a pit somehow and the doctors arrived and got involved in all of it. <laughs> Now, look, now, far be it for me to contradict you. None of that's actually been revealed yet. <laughs> it's about to be revealed in this episode. Spoilers. Oh, when did this go out? 79? I think we're all right. Yeah, it's 79. Yeah. I've just done another song, I'm afraid. But there you go. What's the adequate period of time for a spoiler? Is it a year? I'd say so. Look, if you haven't seen it, doesn't something... matter. There'll, there'll be some. There'll be one soul out there that will go. I was going to watch that story. <laughs> we should like. We should like drop loads of spoilers now. But then I know I'll get hate mail. Yeah, I probably have it as well. So no, we'll, we'll, <laughs> so, we'll do that. In Fugitive of the Jadoon, what did you think when Beep was revealed to be Beep? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could talk about it. Surely people could talk with that now. And at the end of The Timeless Children, when Beep was destroyed, that was amazing, right? Well, somebody, if somebody could explain to me what was going on, yeah. <laughs> uh, you have to wait for the commentary, all right? That's in the that's in the making at the moment. Um, oh, sorry, I've completely taken over. Sorry, back to you. Oh, you want me to keep going? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your show, Joe. Mm. Your podcast. No, I'm gonna take it easy on this episode. Anyway, I need to start thinking intellectually, so Oh yeah, because you want to be intellectual now with episode four, don't you? Or part four, yeah. technically I should say. I may have exhausted all my cock jokes now, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kinda of all I had broke down as well. So we'll we'll see what you come up with. But uh, if you're ready, we'll do part four oh, of the creature from the Oh, and tell you what happened to Adrasta going, no! Oh, yeah. The bloody weird cliffhanger, yeah. <laughs> so, if you're ready, in yep. five, four, three, two, one, and let's go. Woo! I don't know why my DVD it always pauses for like one second. It's, I don't know, it's just thinking about the episode, I think, you know. Do you really want to watch this? Here's your chance to say no. So we have two reversals <clears throat> at the beginning of this episode, don't we? We lose the villain in like the first couple of minutes. Yeah. And then the monster turns out to be the good guy whose species are about to do something really terrible. Yes, uh, yeah, it is a, um, a role reversal. Um, it's quite interesting how, as you see, a drastor dies within the first sort of minute of this episode. So the villain is gone. You know, well, not all of them, but she's got a... Number two is still is kicking around for a while, but, uh, but she dies as well. 
But isn't that great, though, that you've got uh, a second villain that's just as strong that can actually step into yeah. that role? Yeah, she's kind of been in the shadow of, of for the rest of the story. Now, this and then she has her moment, you know. Like, oh, here we go. Here's the moment when he turns around and goes, <laughs> I'm <blasted!"> <laughs> <laughs> I just love that moment. I think that was probably the apotheosis of his career, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I was in Doctor Who, you'll be seeing at conventions, and I had, I had the immortal line, I trust that. Oh. How cool is this what? idea of the communication device that uses the larynx? Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to not employ another actor to have like a monster voice. They, they always say, again, it's a different, because before you would have had just another actor coming in with a, probably a voice going, you know, I really this must be a very frightening experience or something, you know. It's quite interesting, and it's dumb. Just the larynx. Yeah. And whoever holds it is a different voice. That's like a quirky touch as well. Oh, because they use they use Moira Francis, don't they? And suddenly you can see her giving a very kind of not flat, but a very kind of normal performance for a second. Yeah. If you didn't see it, who did? Organon's figuring it out. So, um, so we were discussing between episodes uh, that how this yeah. is a, a treatise on the, the the perils of consumerism. Yeah, you can see it like that. <laughs> I mean, you've got obviously somebody wants to do a trade deal, and then they went, "No, we'll keep the chlorophyll and, and a little bit of metal, and you can just keep the metal and not get any chlorophyll." Um, is it a sort of? As I was jokingly saying, a Similarly to the whole Brexit and the EU dealings with the UK and everything. <laughs> I've never thought it like that, but I guess you could say, sort of see it like that. I mean, the joy of these Doctor Who stories, right, is that you can go back. And I've seen many a book where people have given it layers of like, yeah. like contemporary readings that probably was never in the minds of the people that were writing them. But it's kind of fun to see it if you want to, you know? Yeah, like Paul McGann is God when he's becomes the doctor and he has that scene in the movie that, that sort of thing he's playing jesus is he <laughs> you but, know and I, I love the fact that depending on who you are and how you're reading a story like you know if you're pro the doctor then you'd be like okay consumerism's evil look she's gone to this point where she's got a monopoly on all the metal and she's yeah. created you know like this slave society but if you're pro consumerism and uh, you think, well, she's got a very nice palace and she's surrounded by men in gimp masks and that looks like a nice yeah. life, you know? <laughs> you can see whatever yeah, you want. Not, not really go political, but, like, even the whole... Because, obviously, in Scotland, we wanted to stay in the EU. And so the trade deals have affected all of that. And, but I'm not going to get into all that because then I'll have people going, well, no, no, you talking that. My point, we'll not go into that, but um, that's... If you want to compare it to your life, is that sort of... I, I think that's perfectly valid, which is why when I watch this, I just see an enormous dick, you know? Like... <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, there you I go. I've ruined it already. Her. I've ruined it. Sorry. Well, we've got the kill him. She's back. She's back in control. So she thinks. But then the guard master. To see, I think deep down he was waiting for his moment to, you know, take command. He was planning on this, you know, sort of thing. I'm not quite sure how, but yeah look. although do you know what i i wonder if that could have been like nicely woven into the story him him you know trying to undermine her a little bit 
Du hast in deiner Penny auf einer Electric Dog! Das ist Just great, great lines, it really is. Do you it's... think the story suffers when she's written out? I think it isn't as good when she when she's written out, yeah. I think it goes a bit off after that, I'll probably be honest. Um, well, it kind of becomes an episode of Star Trek, and I'm sure it all makes sense, but there's a lot of technobabble in there. Yeah, she's basically a, she's a giant loss to the story, isn't she? She's the one you're always looking at, and then when she goes, it's just not the same. I'll go, I'll get her name wrong again. Eileen Way, I'll get it wrong yeah, again. Yeah, no, Eileen, yeah. It's great, but she's, she's not a drastic. Oh, here we go. Um, she's going to, I've been saying that quite often. Here we go. Um, <laughs> but she takes the larynx. Yeah. Well, do you know, it's very interesting. You watch Eileen Way and you watch Myra Francis, yeah? That's the two ways to play a villain. Because Eileen Way is playing yeah. it naturalistically. And Myra mm -hmm. Francis is somewhere in the stratosphere, like, having great fun. Yeah, I think they both work. And they both work, yeah. Yeah, and I think they both complement each other as well. As yeah. It shouldn't, though. It really shouldn't, but it does. It shouldn't, no. You, you should really look at this and go, God, she's going a bit over the top with this. Oh. The tone of the story, oh, oh. We'll beat the game. How do you manage? How do you think they managed to make those wolf weeds move like that? Probably string. Um, but string. <laughs> I think they look good. You can't see the no, string though, can you? No. Oh, here we go. He even tries to touch her neck because I don't want. I don't want you to hear this. It's lies, lies. It's all lies. And that's great because you go from her talking like that to being. There you go. Yeah. Oh, she's so great. No, it is you who okay. So for the first time ever, I'm going to try and understand the plot. So the creatures come to Chloris for chlorophyll because he's yeah. a plant, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that planet's full of it. Well, yeah. He's got the opposite problem. Uh, he's got a planet with lots of metal, but, but full of but hardly any chlorophyll. Which seems strange when it's a planet obviously fully plants, but okay. <laughs> did you see that? Double whammy death. Not only did the wolf yeah. weeds get her, but the creature trampled her as well. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a goner now. It's interesting because the creature is portrayed as like the victim here, but he doesn't apologise, does he, for killing her? No, he just says, um, I had a score to steal, you know, so... <laughs> Is this suggestion the suggestion there that... I mean, if, if you want to look at it deeply, he's not a one-note villain, is he? Or, 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 you know, good guy either. He's... One-note villain. He's not totally blameless for a lot of this stuff. No. And, like I said, his... At the end, it's his, like, uh, race that are the threat, aren't they, at the end of the yeah. story? Yeah, because they've went, oh, wait a minute, we've no heard from him for quite a few years. Oh, oh we were, she must have killed him or something, so we'll say, no, because there's a distress signal, isn't there? There's a distress signal coming from the egg, basically saying, I'm in trouble. Which he must, I can only assume he must have pressed it before he was chucked to the pit, so... Dave, are you suggesting yeah. that this is a morally ambiguous blob? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, he, so, he, so he arrived in his spaceship, he's, he's obviously, right, you're going in a pit, Set the, the distress signal and then been chucked in the pit. As I say, I don't quite sure how they got away with doing that, but he's, he's been chucked in the pit. Mm -hmm. And then 15 years or however many years it is, his people have got the distress signal that he's in trouble and then thought, oh, they've killed him. And then sent this 
neutron star, I think it is, to wipe them all out. They turn really nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a bit extreme, right? That's that's like Time Lord extreme. Yeah. You remember in Trial of a Time Lord when the Time Lords are like, oh well, someone's taken a book out of our library. We're going to move the Earth all the way over there just to wipe out the people that took it. I mean that's that's like that level of extreme, I think. Yeah, but as the Doctor saying here, he's um, rather than just let him leave and everything, he's got his photon drive to. I can um, I can accept. So even, the, so even the doctor doesn't trust him completely. No, it's true. It is true. I can accept Adrastra dying. I can accept Corella dying. Had they killed off Organon, we would have had words. All right. No, I mean that. They, no, they couldn't do that. Doesn't he yeah, get? Do you remember? Um, what's her name? Sherna in Carnival of Monsters, where she gets like the last shot. Doesn't Organon get the last shot in this of like it was it was yeah. in the stars? I mean, yeah. so we're getting we're getting more plot here before something dreadful happens. But how do they stop it? They, they weave an egg around a neutron star. Is that what they do? Yeah, they weave a. Feel free if there's any nuclear scientists out there to correct us here, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, they get this neutron star that can, neutron stars can move, and whether that's scientific fact, I don't know, um, and um, they spin the egg round it, and then because there's an egg spun round it, they manage to alter its course and put it, uh, yeah, that's, um, yeah that, that's my understanding of it, but whether well, that's... I'm convinced... I'm, I'm perfectly convinced by what you just said, okay? It's enough for oh, me to enjoy the rest of the story, anyway. Oh, the bandits are still here. Uh, did they all get murdered? I can't remember now. If this was an Eric Award story, they would all be massacred. No, Corella usually uh, tries to take them over. So Corella um, is still alive, and she wants uh, metal, oh, you know, that's right. um, Monopoly. So she's like, come on, guys. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got this metal, but you can. Like I was saying, they, they, she says to them what I was saying about how you've got all this metal, but what are you going to do with it? Yeah. How can you really do anything with it? She's going to be the, their very crafty accountant, isn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah, because she basically just goes to the tent and goes, isn't she? Listen up, you hairy bastards. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking control. Yeah, she pretty much says if you call me, nothing will happen. You'll just have this metal, but really, you're just gonna nothing's gonna change. And that um, I think is the problem is that I don't think you we're convinced at any point that any one of those bandits is an actual character with a motivation or a a, a journey. Right. They're just there just to kind of complicate the plot, aren't they? Yeah. Sorry, I just got an ambulance going past my house. Uh, don't worry, <laughs> we love a bit of drama on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, years all been on doing some astrology, and uh, that's very odd. Oh, doesn't he see the rest of the plot now play out in his? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, he's knocked out in the minute for his troubles. Though, I freaking love this. The, the way they've got the blob coming into the set. Yeah, I mean that works. That works. There's no, there's no cop kicking about, or it's just, it's just yeah. If they'd left it as that. Then I've got, I've got a question for you then. Yeah? Yeah. If that's so effective, why the fuck did they not just have a cave with holes in it 
with the blob coming through the holes. Yeah, and they could have done like the long shot so that it looks bigger than it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, (laughs) I I, I suspect that Matt Irvin wished the script had been written like that. Um, I feel as if I would have been been quite a crafty director, you know, in 1979. Yeah, I mean, oh, here's more of the plot. It's going to be, it's not bad, Doctor. Is this fellow in yeah, charge now? The, die. the guardsman, is he in charge now, yeah? Uh, that's the... Um, yeah. Yeah, Carella seems to be on the run. So we could also <laughs> read this as... They never went, oh, well, where's Carella? Oh. She's a bit dangerous, you know. Couldn't we also read this then as a, a comment on the appalling sexism in hierarchy? How a woman <laughs> has been deposed and a man has taken charge? Um... Mm. No, no, I'm stretching. I know. Yeah. I'm trying to be academic here, okay? Yeah, I get that. I, I, yeah, I think that is a bit of a stretch, to be fair. Personally, but um... as a good friend of mine said, yeah. Um, no, I'm not going to say it. He says terrible things about things being a stretch. To be fair, though, to be fair to you, there isn't any female bandits or female guardsmen. Yeah. You know. All the women are like are like top of the totem pole, aren't they? In this. You know the other person that Adrasa reminds me of? I don't know if you, you've seen them, the two Ronnies, and they had the worm that turned, and they had uh, Diana Doors dressed as a dominatrix. Sort yeah. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a bit like that. Do you know what would have been great? You remember in Case of Androzani when like Crowd Timin is in the background with Morgus the whole time, and at the end she's yeah. like, I am now in charge. That handmaiden that we saw in episode one should have like literally taken control in episode four. Oh, yeah. There we go. They missed a trick. <laughs> What's this? He's got the, all that tape from K9, hasn't he? The tape coordinates, or this is how to do it. Or... K9 spits out ticker tape, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Aye, but then he's like, well, yeah, but I was going to help for us, but they put me in a pit for 50 years, so. Yeah, they are going to kill this planet. To be know. fair, though, Dave, if that was you, wouldn't you be less than inclined to help these people out? Oh yeah, I mean, if you wanted to look at it like in a real world thing, it'd be like uh, ambassador being kidnapped somewhere in another country, and then no, you're not getting them back. Oh well, we'll just we'll just bomb you in. Well, <laughs> okay. There's something in the I didn't figure this out, but it was in the production notes uh, that play out with the episode. But this has essentially the same plot and premise as the Ambassadors of Death. I, yeah, you've got an ambassador from another world coming along that's kidnapped and used to kill people that they can't communicate with until the Doctor finds a clever way to communicate with them and then they best the villain. Essentially, it's the same thing going on. I've never thought it like that before. But um, of the execution and the writing and the tone is worlds apart. I, I, you know what? I've never heard that before. And that, yeah, I, I can see that. The only thing is that Arato is believed to kill people, but actually all he's doing is he's trying to communicate with them and killing them sort of. Well, no, I don't even think he's killing them because we saw the skeletons at the bottom of the pit. I think they're just getting thrown in the pit and they just die. Oh, and in Ambassadors of Death as well. Do you remember? The, the ambassador's people come along and say, release our ambassador or we'll attack the planet. 
that's that's true. Yeah, I, I, I you know what? I've, I've never made that connection between these two stories before. So yeah, those people, that, those people that say remember it's all the Daleks and Silver Nemesis are the same. No, no, it's ambassadors of death and creature <laughs> from the pit. Oh, here we oh, go. So Karela's taking control here. You know, that would be an interesting basis of conversation. Hasn't she got like a marvellous face for television? Oh, just fantastic face. The certainty of wealth and power. Yeah, she's she's seething. Yeah, she had a bit of a, a drastic moment a couple of minutes ago when the metal gets destroyed. You're destroying our metal! <laughs> um... Oh yeah, in fact, here we go. Doesn't um I've got to stop saying I keep saying, Oh, here we go. <laughs> How does Corella die? I can't even remember. Um does she die? Oh no, she gets in the way. Doesn't she get in the way when he's destroying the metal of one of the beams of K9? Am I making that up? Um no, I I don't think she gets killed, does she? I think she does get sort of, you assume she's arrested or something. Oh, I love this. Look, even when she's been vested, she's like, oh, I yeah, wouldn't tell me when I'm dead. I won't believe your stupid story for a moment. <laughs> and then Tom Baker is oh. just, the doctor is really sort of vicious here, just like, oh, stuff this. You're not got any metal, all right? <laughs> Fuck me. Did you see how serious he was then when he threw that yeah. one on the floor? Yeah. He just says, you know what? Stuff this. I'm just going to destroy it all. And then you've not got anything to say. But is, <laughs> is the implication that that's all the no, metal no, on the they, planet? Got, no, 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 woman. No, no, no. Must is be it? a theme. Like, surely there's more metal than that on the planet. <laughs> You'd think so, yeah. Maybe the palace has made the metal. Huh? Good dog. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. The professor is dead. <laughs> oh, it's just. And then this is a bizarre coda, isn't it? All in the TARDIS yeah. with some really odd effects. Do you hear that music? Yeah. This da, 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 da. bit is. It's got the sweeping music, you know, to. Right, it's just the finale, but. Oh, my God. Oh, and he's doing his drums. He's like, boom, boom. We've been counting our chances of success. Oh, um, yeah. So you know, and then and then he says, um, "That's my favourite number." In a minute, that's where the book ends. So there's none of the bit with Organ on, none of the bit with what how they're leaving the planet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's a shame. That's not a that's bad a effect shot, and they're shooting that on on film, so it looks a little more convincing than the stuff in Nightmare of Eden. Well, it's funny to me with a. It's going to be very nasty. I mean, I don't think we're tuning into Dog 2 for special effects, are we really? No, I don't think you should be. Certainly, if anyone's looking at this and then wanting to... I mean, I know with the DVDs, I mean, in the Blu-rays, whether they put new effects on this, I don't know, but I don't think it would benefit on this movie. Well, I'm saying that with a rat. Oh, what am I thinking? Um, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how they would get around that. Have you ever been to, um, to Amsterdam? No, I haven't, no. I went to Amsterdam once and ate uh, a rather delicious chocolate muffin, right? And the effect was pretty much like what you're seeing on the screen right now. That kind of fuzzy, blurry, yellow effect. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was like. Yeah, it works, though. It's, 
Are that get weaving? <laughs> well, yeah. So he's, yeah. So apparently, this weaving manages to put it off course, and look, yeah, let's just go with it. But he's Doctor Who playing with big concepts, isn't it? It's not like it's unamb- unambitious. Yeah, I, I think that's Douglas Adams again. I mean, I, I was watching the Pirate Planet uh, yesterday, and I've forgotten how there's huge ideas in that. What would normally happen is is the villain would last to the end. You'd get the villain bested, you know, a couple of minutes before the end, and they go, oh, great, things are fine and glorious now. And Douglas Adams is like, no, we're not going to go down that route. We're going to kill off the villain early, and then we're going to make the danger something else. Yeah. Oh, my word, there's a neutron star coming towards the TARDIS. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, sorry, now I get it. I remember the... Yeah, so the TARDIS is pulling the star towards them now, so it's off course. And then they can just, yeah, and then they can just release it. So it's close that's, is saved. I mean, conceptually, yeah, a neutron star coming towards the TARDIS, that's one of the, like, the greatest dangers they've ever faced, surely. Yeah. Yeah. That's number, you know. I'm sure there's other stories where it's been other numbers and he said the same thing, but that's the doctor for you. Oh, here we go. This is so cute. This oh, ending. yeah. <clears throat> I see something tall, something dark. Oh, do you know we talked all over that bit where he gets bopped on the head when he says, I see a great surprise oh, coming. Um, but look at this now. Okay, so we started off with two women in charge, and we're basically left with two men in charge. Yes, that is true. Yes. He's even got the bandage on his head. It's, it's, it's from Murato. Don't you be telling me he wrote on that scroll. Oh, what did he use to write it? <laughs> a trade It's a trade agreement. Yay! <laughs> Brexit has succeeded, for God's sake. Yeah. The draft is very, in this last bit where he puts the fingers, just brilliant. It was written in stars. Oh, come on. Okay, all right. So I'm going to have to ask you the question I ask everybody at the end. Why yeah. should somebody, on the back of our, frankly, fantastic commentary, of uh, going straight to their shelf right now, grabbing Creature from the Pit and sticking it on? Go. It's fun. Doctor Who should be fun. You know, we we all love, you know, the serious stories like, you know, Heaven Sent and all the rest of it. But you just want a Doctor Who to have fun and just enjoy it. Pick this. Because it's got great characters. It's, you know... Other than a rattle, which is obviously questionable, it looks fine to me. It looks good. And, yeah, it's just it's just fun. Do you know what, though? I've got, I'm going to have to confess something to you. I think there... I've said this before, but I think there are Doctor Who fans out there that are a bit opposed to fun, you know? I think there are, yeah. I mean, uh, I like that big, serious, you know, sorry, oh, my God, the universe is going to end, you know, tonight, sorry like anyone else. But I think... You can get too serious. And I think Doctor Who Without Humour would be a very soulless programme. Uh, yeah, I agree with you as well. Um, do you have anything to say to all of those Creature from the Pit detractors out there? Go on. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're wrong. wrong. Like Give it another chance. As I say, if, look at, try and look at another way. Look at it with the characters. And, you know, you, 
they're fun characters come on i'm wondering um, though you know maybe some of those people have similar like horror stories like me with massive penises coming towards them and that's why they can't <laughs> handle this you know oh god or the wolf beats um, <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah i just think it's fun and i think it's really underrated it's well, that just leaves me to say a massive thank you for your time today. It has been a complete pleasure to talk about this story Oh, with thanks you. for having me. Um, I feel we should talk off mic about a second appearance. Oh, that'd be, I'd be up for that. Yeah, we'll talk. Well, let's say until next time. Ta-ta.